Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome back to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Becky. And I'm Laura. And we are finishing up our book, Celebration of Discipline, by Richard Foster. Um, and we've had, I feel like we've had some pretty good discussions. Yeah, I mean... It's been good. I feel like if nobody else gets anything out of this, I'm just really enjoying yeah. through it. Because yeah. we've, long before we thought of a podcast, we we had kind of been doing mm-hmm. this together. So, yeah. um, so it's just fun working through some of what yeah. has been meaningful to you yeah. through the book. And, and what, what you've learned and yeah. Yeah, grown. Yeah. It's been good. So the third section is corporate disciplines. Yes. Right? Yep. And um, the four corporate disciplines that he talks about are confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. Um, And I I guess we could start with confession. Um, You know, when I think of confession, um, for some reason... um, like, when I first heard this word, I mean, we, I confess my sins, you know, but, like, I, I thought of Catholicism for some reason, like, right away, yeah. where, you know, you confess to a priest or whatever, but, yeah. um. I think a lot of people would, that would be there for, if you would just ask somebody. But I don't know why street. I thought of that, because I do, I guess I say it in a different way, maybe. I ask for forgiveness well, I think of my that... sins, like, that's. In our, How we word it. Yeah, I think kind of in our um, faith tradition growing up, confession was a pretty solitary thing. Like, it was sort of yes. like, you know, you might have, like, at the end of a sermon, a pastor would say, like, maybe this is a time you want to spend confessing. Or for us, I remember a lot of times it would be, um, you know, before you took communion. Mm-hmm. I just remember that was a big that was kind of stressed a lot. Like yeah. this is a time when you need to, cause that's what Paul talked about. Right. You know, examine yourself and, mm-hmm. um, this is a time to make sure that you are, um, right before, right before God mm-hmm. and this, and that kind of thing. So for yeah. me, it, it always felt like a really solitary mm-hmm. thing. Like mm-hmm. it was sort of like me and God time. Yeah. And of course that's super important. Yes. But, Obviously, we're talking about corporate disciplines today. Right. So he's not talking about that. Right. He's talking about in the sense that we as saints and and people of Christ and the church mm-hmm. confess our sins to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is a, as much as we maybe don't think of it that way, it is a very, it's, it's a very scriptural concept. Mm-hmm. And Paul talks about, you know, confessing your sins to each other. Yeah. And, or maybe I, it was Peter. I'm trying now. I'm I'm trying to remember where it talks uh, about con- confessing yeah, sins to each right. other. And, um, but yeah, I feel like it takes it to a whole nother level because you can be okay with asking God to forgive you. You can make it into a ritual or a habit, but to actually make yourself tell someone what you have done that you know is wrong is a whole nother thing yeah it's a you know um and to say the words out loud and there's shame in that you know Mm -hmm. and that's um something that I thought was interesting that he talked about um 
there has to be, he talked about how there has to be a definite termination point for self-examination um, because you can easily fall into the habit of self-condemnation. Um, confession definitely does begin with sorrow, but it needs to end with joy. So there's celebration in the forgiveness and that in, results in a changed life. You can't stay in that uh, self-condemnation, you yeah. know, and, and I think that's an easy thing to do, especially for me to stay in that, uh, you know, oh, I can't believe I must open that again, you know, just down on myself about, and really... If I'm truly confessing and asking for forgiveness, I should feel a sense of freedom and joyfulness. And whether you feel it or not, well, you, you know, yeah. to know that yes. you are forgiven. And to speak that truth to yourself. Yes. Because that will bring joy. That will yes. eventually bring, you know, peace. Um, speaking truth to yourself. I often think about the, the idea of shame versus guilt. Mm. Um, Satan is a master of shame. Yeah. But guilt is a statement of fact. Mm. I've done something for which I'm guilty. Mm -hmm. I, if I confess it, it's done. It's over. It's yes. gone. Yes. Yes. It is no, yep. it no longer exists. Yeah. And that's what I tell my kids a lot because I think kids really struggle too with, um, I did something wrong and then living in that, yeah. feeling that constantly putting themselves yep. down because of that. But God is a lifter of heads. Yeah. He's not a crusher of, yeah. of souls. Mm -hmm. He, you know, the, the scripture talks about he, he will not, um, quench a, a, what is it? He will not quench a burning ember. He will not. Mm. He will not get rid of a cracked reed. Or I can't remember exactly how it talks, but it's basically saying like, in 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 biblical times, if you had a reed that was cracked, it was literally good for nothing. Mm. Reed like rush lights or reed lights. There is there is no use for them once they're cracked. Mm. And God is saying, I have use for every single yeah. person. Yeah. I don't care how how downtrodden. I don't care how much they've sinned. Mm -hmm. They, we do not. I do not throw away any yeah. humanity. There is no throwaway people. Yeah. Um, and I I just love that he is. You know, scripture talks about him lift, being a lifter of heads. Mm -hmm. He is one who says no. I I I say come before me because I want you to. Right. I want you to come before me in confidence. Right. And I just it, it's it's such a different idea from like shame mm -hmm. and I think too sometimes shame can almost become a crutch too mm. and it can almost yeah. be a way of sort of staying out of the other end of it which is I'm not going to do that again right yeah and I feel like God has laid on my heart recently this picture of if I treated my husband the way I just treat God mm. It's just been on my heart. And I thought about how would Ben feel if I, when I married him, kind of took it on as, yes, I'm married, but if I accidentally sleep with some other people, <laughs> I mean, he'll forgive me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it'll be okay. 
Would he? Probably. It would crush him. Right. Why would you even it would, go there? Why would you even, you know, I had, right. when I married, I determined. Mm-hmm. I will not. There will be no one else. Right. That's it. You made that covenant I made that with decision. Him. Right. Now, can we covenant with God to never sin again? <laughs> no, but yes. Mm. Yes, we can. Mm. We can say, Lord, I do not ever want to hurt right. your heart. Right. I know I'm human. I know that that I'm I'm probably going to sin. Yeah. But my determination is that I will do everything in my power. Right. Not to hurt your heart. Right. And I just I feel like that's been on my heart lately. Mm. Like, what if I treated my husband the way that I treat? You know, like mm. if if I took a sacred covenant that was really important to me and treated it the way that I sometimes treat mm. my relationship with God. Yeah. Um, and I just, it's really kind of smacked me across the head and been like, it's important for me to covenant with God, not to sin, Mm -hmm. to do whatever I have to do to make sure that I will not in the areas where I know I'm going to be tempted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I'm not going to do it. I will not do this again. Mm. Yeah. How serious am I about that? Right. Mm. That's good. Well, um, the one section that really resonated with me was the worship section. Um, and I, I guess I just really enjoyed reading that section because I enjoy worship and, um, I try to see it in a lot of different ways and a lot of different areas in my life, not just worship at church on Sunday morning singing, you know? Yeah. But he did talk about, um, you know, setting yourself up, having a posture of worship. And um, he talked about a practical, you know, idea for doing that. Um, Like living throughout the week, like you're an heir of the kingdom, listening for God's voice, obeying his word. Um, So if you hear his voice throughout the week, then you're going to hear his voice when you gather for public worship, too. And um, he talked about how you could enter the service like 10 minutes early and just sit and think and pray and really present yourself before God so that you're ready to worship. Um, You know, a couple things that I like to do personally, um, listen to music, not just... Sunday morning, but I do try to listen to only worship music Sunday morning, but, um, all through the week, like I've noticed that if I am in a bad mood or like, you know, I'm upset with my kids or whatever, like if I turn on worship music, it changes my attitude because I'm taking the focus off of myself and I'm putting it on God, you know? And so that's just like just one small practical thing that you can do to worship God throughout the week. But like some people aren't really, you know, music doesn't speak to them as much as maybe it does you or me. Um, but. And that's okay because obviously, I mean, as you well, said, we're all it's, made not, different. it's not just the, the singing is scratching the yeah. surface of worship. Yeah. I mean, you can live a, an entire life of worship and never sing a note. Huh. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, worship is a posture and a, and a 
um, a looking is again, it's a looking up, yeah, you know, lifting yeah. your head and envisioning. I think, um, you know, like being able to picture, like if you're praying for your pastor, being able to picture him with angels surrounding him, you know, and and pray about that. That's worship. You yeah. know, be we've mentioned this before, but looking at creation and this week, okay, for example, um, so come to Florida, hello, rain every day. Yes, and of course <laughs> it had been gorgeous. Yes, it had been gorgeous. And then, and then it's like I see on the forecast every single day, and not just for like an hour, but like all day it's supposed yeah. to rain all day every day <laughs> seven days straight right while we're here and 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 the day when you leave then it's gonna yeah, be sunny, sunny for the next uh-huh. like week and a half you know and again and, it's florida so take it with a great right sun. you know who knows what's right. really gonna happen but <laughs> but i just was a little bit discouraged about that and i did pray about that because i i was like ellie has been asking to go to the beach you know like i just was a little bit sad about it and I knew that God cared. So I, I prayed about it and, um, and lo and behold, like it's, it's only rained once so far, but like really we've had pretty nice weather so far. And, and I made a point of saying, Lord, like it's, I try to do it in front of my kids too, but, um, saying, Lord, thank you that you changed the weather for us. Like just, Saying out loud, thank you for dot, dot, dot. Yeah. You know, saying it out loud, first of all, reminds you. And sometimes I feel a little bit silly, but then I'm like, no, no, I shouldn't feel silly about this. Like, I'm trying to use my words in an intentional way and also trying to teach my kids, like, you need to worship God by showing thankfulness, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, worship in every aspect of your life. And it's, I forget about it a lot. Honestly, I do. And, um, yeah, I do too. Yeah. To make it intentional is hard. (laughs) It's really hard. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important and, um, you know, finding different ways to worship is actually, you know, getting creative in that way is actually kind of fun. Like, you know, to find different ways to worship God, to use what you were telling me about your church and how, um, instead of like VBS, they do, what is it called? It's called Jam Camp. Uh Um, so instead of like a VBS, they do where the kids will come for, it's a good chunk of the day for a week, like maybe nine to two or something um, each day of the week. And it's based around kind of like ways to worship God. So they'll have um, like they can enroll in, in different sessions that, you know, you can learn like basic, like a couple little guitar songs mm-hmm. or piano songs or this kind of thing. And then they have also other things. It's not just music. Um, they have drama. They have mm-hmm cooking they have but it's all centered around how do we use the the ways that god has gifted us yes um to worship and to serve yeah and so um that yeah, that's the the basic concept and yeah. then at the end of the week 
they have um, on Friday night they'll have a concert mm-hmm. and it'll be you know these kids playing their little song they learned on the guitar or whatever and they mm-hmm. even have like like drums and all the you yeah. know like all different groups um, the, the, the theater kids will put on a little sketch and the mm-hmm. cooking. I mean, I don't even know what they do for all of them. Cause yeah. some of them aren't really ones that are like an, an in front kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the technology kids will run the whole technology side of it mm-hmm. for the, for the concert and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just, it's really kind of cool. Um, and it's so practical and, and intentional showing our kids that yeah. we're, we're intentionally trying to find ways to, put together how God made you yep. for worship mm-hmm. yeah, and service. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah. That... And it's huge. We They open it up to um, the church first mm-hmm. for about a week or two for okay. the registration. And then they open it up to the community so to how fill many... the rest of the slots. But it goes fast. Like, those slots go really fast. Because okay. I think people see something there and think... Mm-hmm. That I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a a, a real way to allow yeah. my kids to start exploring who they are in Christ yeah. and how they can worship and serve. It's in Christ. so tangible. Like yeah. how do I teach my kids how to worship through their talents? Yes, exactly. It's awesome. Or to explore what could be my yeah. talents that I could. What serve do I enjoy? Yes, that I can use for God. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I love that. I love it. I wish, you know, you that was available. You should start it at your church. Is it like a, it's just like something you buy a up. curriculum? No, oh, they, they just made, made it, it up. up. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> they just were like, hey, let's do something different. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, you should, you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, He did mention that the, the Bible describes worship as a physical act, like, um, the root meaning for the Hebrew word we translate as worship is to prostrate. Mm. So, um, I didn't know that. The, and he said that the word bless literally means to kneel. Thanksgiving refers to an extension of the hand. So all these ways of, of worshiping are physical, um, which goes hand in hand with service, you know? So, um, yeah, just li- actually physically lifting your hands toward heaven or kneeling or clapping or, you know, dancing or however you worship. Um, the point is that we are offering God our bodies and, um, you know, our whole being belongs to him. And... Uh, we didn't grow up, you know, like raising our hands or anything in church. And so that has kind of been, um, a transformation for me a little bit because I always used to think, well, what will people think? Or like when, like with clapping, like that was a big deal, you know, at good news, <laughs> that was huge. And, uh, you know, back then I used to do it because I almost did it out of a rebellious spirit. Like, you know, we need this. We need to, you know. Yeah. And now I really try to focus on, like, um, the presence of God when I'm moving my body during worship. And I still do have those thoughts sometimes of, oh, someone's going to see it in my hand. Who 
cares? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like who cares? Um, yeah. And I have to remind myself, like, sometimes I have to physically, like, I'll have this conversation in my head if I'm worshiping and I'm like, oh, I just, like, really feel and sense the presence of God, you know, and I'm really, this song is resonating with me or whatever. And I think, oh, but I don't want to lift my hands. And that's when I'm like, that's when I say to myself, you know, it is the Holy Spirit telling you to raise your hand, raise your hand. Yeah. Just worship God. I'm trying to remember, was this the section where he said, um, show when you're tempted to hide and hide when you're tempted to show? Hmm. It might be. I don't know where that would be. I um, loved that. I can't remember. I think it was in the const. I actually think it was in the context of like giving. Okay. Um, and I can't remember which discipline it was involved with. But okay. He was talking about this idea of like, um, I think maybe it was service or something mm-hmm. like that. And he was talking about um, when Jesus talked about the hypocrites and going out on the street corners to show yeah. that you're giving money to the poor mm-hmm. or whatever, or praying out loud, this kind of thing. And um, he, he basically just said, like, sometimes I will think, um, you know, I don't want to, like, maybe I don't want to pray out loud right now. Mm. And he said, um, you have to kind of examine it. Like, am yeah. I, am I, is that out of fear mm-hmm. or is it out of, um, where's, where's that coming? Yeah. Where's the motivation coming? From? Yeah. And he said, a good, a good indicator is whatever your spirit is kind of initially telling you mm-hmm. do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're, if you're tempted to hide, mm-hmm. that's the time you need to show. Mm-hmm. If you're tempted to, you know, like if, yeah. if, if you, it like if the spirit's saying you need to speak a word here, yeah, and you're kind of like eh, right, right. That's the time when it's so you know yep. you, you need to show you need yep. to because that you're not only speaking into that person or whatever the situation is, but um, God might have that word not just for that right. person, right? It might be a, an an act of spiritual courage to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and heaven knows I need yeah. to see acts of spiritual courage. Yeah. So I know other people do too. Yeah. So he talks about just basically like show when you're tempted to hide mm-hmm. and hide when you're tempted to show. Mm. If there's something in you go and look at what I'm doing, look at right. see, see what I'm doing. People, right. That's how you know, okay, time to hide. Mm-hmm. Time to not left that, let that left hand know what that right hand is doing. Right. So yeah, mm. I just thought that was such a great. I don't know. Maybe it's an oversimplification, but it to me seemed like yeah. That, that really, sounds really about right, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you talked about how when you feel reserved, um, it's you know fear of what others will think of you mm-hmm. or your unwillingness to be humble before God. Yeah. Am I actually sinning by? restricting myself mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm only thinking about myself in that moment. Right. Even though I think I'm worshiping, I'm really, I'm really just kind of stuck on me at the moment. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, that was really good. Um, the next section talked about, can I say I one think, last thing about oh, worship? Yeah. yeah. Um, I do love what, what he called, um, he said, a striking feature of worship in the Bible is that people gathered in what they would call holy expectancy. Mm. 
Yeah. And I just think that's so true. Like, and, and I, I, I don't know how to cultivate that corporately, but everything does start with, you know, me. So like, if I try it out, see what happens if you start going into a corporate worship setting, whatever that may be, it might be a church service. It might be, um, you've decided to get together for what, you know, yeah. whatever you're right. doing as a corporate body, that thing, come to it with that sense of holy expectancy and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, do the experiment. Try mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, mm-hmm. I just love that he talked about that, especially, you know, like in the Acts where they would, they'd come together and they just were kind of like waiting around to yeah. see what God would do because yeah. they knew it was going to be something, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's anyway. amazing to think about because, yeah, I think when you're looking for it, you see it, but also, like, how often have, how often have our churches squashed, or us, I mean, we are, you know, us. We are the church. How often yes. <laughs> have we squashed, like, the working of the Holy Spirit by, um, by not following through with what he tells us to do. Yeah. Or by not listening or by thinking of ourselves rather than the good of the body or, yeah. you know, all these different ways. But that's interesting. And that's basically what I would say with all of these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Try, yeah. I mean, it's like taste and see. Mm-hmm. Try it out. I mean, just, just you, just you try it. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the next section was guidance, which I don't know if I necessarily have much to say about it. Um, yeah. Did you get anything from that section? Well, I'm just going to be perfectly honest and say that, like I said, I'm still, um, yeah. I've, I've, I have read the entire book in years past, but, um, during this, and I hate to even call it a reading because I'm not reading it. I'm working through it kind of, but anyway, um, I'm, I'm absolutely stuck in that preface Mm. and I'm just trying to really form um a foundation for a lot of these other ones um so I'm I'm really not there so I don't have a ton to put in for the rest of it because I'm I got up into worship and that's about yeah where I was which worship took me a while to get through because it was so good and I just wanted to like take it just little chunks at a time yeah so that yeah. one did take me a while. Um, but I think the overall idea of guidance is just, um, you know, that we're seeking uh, wisdom, essentially, from other people. Um, but he did give some examples of, like, Quakers, what the Quakers would do. Um, and you said that he actually grew up. Quaker is that? I believe he was a Quaker. Okay. Growing up, yeah, I think that's his, okay. his kind of faith tradition. Now I don't know where he would necessarily classify himself anymore, but he, yeah, he 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 very clearly displays a lot of the sort of hallmarks of you know a lot of yeah. this, this comes from some very um, <laughs> Quaker places, which mm-hmm. I I have always been fascinated by the idea of the way that the Quakers quote unquote did church. Yeah. Um, so for, for those of you who may not know, Quakers, um, 
there's pretty much no hierarchy really from what I understand anyway and I could I, I hope I'm not saying incorrectly but my understanding is that they come in they they'll sit in a pretty big circle depending mm-hmm. on, you know depending on how big the group is obviously yeah and they will wait to hear from the spirit mm-hmm. and they might have an entire meeting of silence and if they do that's okay they conclude it and they yeah. You know. Yeah. They're done for the day, but during that time they're expected to be listening. Mm-hmm. And then there's and there's that holy expectancy again. Mm-hmm. Um if someone feels led by a spirit to speak a word or to bring up something or whatever, then they do so. Mm. And there's again, it's not really like nobody's really the leader necessarily. They just if somebody feels like, okay, I have something to edify the group, I have something that the Lord's right. putting on my heart, or right. something I'm working through, or whatever, then they they speak it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've just always been fascinated by that, because if it, for a group of people who are truly spirit regenerate, that shouldn't be, that right. shouldn't sound radical. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But it definitely is not how we think of meeting together and I absolutely don't think there's anything wrong with um putting planning into place for meeting with right the church so I'm not saying um you know we need to just come in there willy-nilly and everybody say whatever that's not all what I'm saying right um but I do feel like we can sometimes feel like as a church we got this Mm. we know the drill Mm mm-hmm and all of a sudden, you can come in for months at a time and not really feel like you're in the presence of the church, mm-hmm. God's people, God's church, sitting in holy expectancy, knowing that the Spirit is there among us mm-hmm. and working. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's really too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that I will say that's a lot of the sort of leaning in my heart and love yeah. for house church. Yeah. Um, that, that I have had over the years. So, um, and I, yeah, that's not to say one is inherently better or worse. I just, mm-hmm. I've always been really fascinated by that Quaker mm-hmm. idea of, yeah. Of how, how to do yeah a gathering of, mm-hmm. of the church. So, mm-hmm. I think in a perfect example, there would be both. Yeah. You know, because studying, like we talked about, is part of spiritual growth. And, you know, if you go away four Sundays in a row with nobody had a word from the Holy Spirit, you know, that might be, you know, the the reverse, like the, yeah. the opposite yeah. of... You know, we're going to study each Sunday and we're not going to, you, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think there has to be a, a balance yeah, between both. Sure. But I think that definitely um, churches lean one way or another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, the last discipline was celebration. <laughs> um. Did, did, I, did you think of that as a 
Did you find that strange? The um, idea of celebration being a, a discipline? Discipline, yes. I did too. Uh huh. In fact, I struggled a little bit with this one. <laughs> I mean, that sounds weird. But, um, yeah. Uh, he did, he did talk, though, about how, um, uh, joy, like genuine joy, comes from obedience. And so I guess that kind of connects all of what we've been talking about with the celebration comes from our obedience in these areas, our obedience to listening to the Holy Spirit, our obedience to meditating on his word, our obedience to, you know, uh, that's where our joy comes from in knowing Christ more. So I think maybe when you look at it that way, instead of like, this celebration is <laughs> right. going to be, you know, a discipline for me. Right. <laughs> like, like that's, that's weird. You know? Well, it sort of, it sort of reminds me a little bit. I remember one time a pastor talking about like how, um, there was, you know, the command to, um, keep the Sabbath uh -huh. and that was a command. So it's almost kind of comical when you think about he was telling him, you have to take the day off and you're going to party all day. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> it, it sounds strange to yeah. think that it would be a discipline, mm -hmm. but it is. And it a lot is. of times, it, and, and I do think a lot of it can sometimes depend on your personality, but for those of us who struggle more on the sort of um, depression side of life, like mm. I, I once was told Looking there's a, things there's negatively. a, yes, yeah. like there's a triangle and it's neuroses and depression and mm. um, OCD or something like that, or everybody falls somewhere in that triangle. Huh. So don't try to pretend you don't right. fall anywhere on this thing. <laughs> and you don't, so anyway, but for those of us who lean in that direction, mm -hmm. sometimes it really, really is. Mm. It really can be a I am choosing yeah. to live in the light of yeah. the risen Savior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes I don't choose that. Yeah. And my loss. I mean, I, I so sometimes it really is yeah. a discipline Yeah. to, hey, have a party for the fact that we are Christ. Yeah. You know, like, right. I mean, I literally, be doing, well, you could. Well, yeah. I mean, you could. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, right. to, to live in that yeah. um, can sometimes be a discipline. Yeah. Um, but I did originally kind of go, celebration? Mm-hmm. What's that doing in here? Yeah. You know, like. yeah. But I guess I just looked at it as the celebration comes yeah. when oh, yeah. you, you know, are able to, to obey these, yeah. these. And again, not in the sense of like, hey, legalistic. I did that, but in the and sense that you're laying yourself before Christ to, yeah. to receive grace when you practice these things you are joyful mm -hmm. you do experience the joy of the lord yeah um so yeah that's what i think of as that's the celebration yeah you know um yeah you're totally right the celebration comes at the end of the book and i think it's for a reason mm-hmm 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anything Celebrate. else you wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you wanted to, uh, to hit on this? I don't think so. I think, you know, we've had some pretty good uh, discussions, and I actually enjoyed it. I, I really, really loved the book, and I will probably... You know, I, I felt like as soon as I finished it, I should start it again, you know? I know. Because it, number one, because it took me so long to read, but then also because I want to refresh and remind myself of the things that I learned and mm -hmm. not um, just, you know, keep continuing to learn uh, how to walk the Christian life better, how to be more like Christ. Yeah. And... I just feel like this was such this a good is, book to, to help me do that. The, this, more than anything else to me, is it's it's not a, it's a how-to. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it, it, it's so practical mm -hmm. and so, um, like, feels experimental. Like, hey, yes. do this. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Almost with a smirk. Like, he knows what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... I, and it's just, yeah. So I will never be done with this book because <laughs> yeah. I have read it many times. Yeah. And, and, um, I am still working through, um, the doing of mm -hmm. all of these different mm -hmm. things that I'm, um, trying to lay myself before Christ to receive grace yeah. in those areas. Right. Um, and I try, like he talks about, to try to be very specific with yourself about that that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're not ticking a box. Yep. You're not, you know, just because you've done X, Y, Z, that doesn't mean you, you're, you're doing the discipline itself. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's very, very good. Thanks for buying this book for me. I, I, I knew it would pay dividends. I'm, I just, I, I just, when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, have you ever read this? Yeah. Like I, if you have not, yeah. we have to read it together. Yeah. In so. fact, we were recently on a podcast of our friends and our subject was the top five books that have um, changed our lives. Yeah. And this was your number one. Yeah, it was. Right? Yeah. yeah. And yours was the other one that you mentioned. Yeah, Liturgy of the Ordinary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I said then, and I think you did too, mm -hmm. like, didn't you say I chose Liturgy of the Ordinary because I knew yeah. I hadn't read it yet? <laughs> and because I thought that the that Celebration of Discipline was going to be your number one. She knew it was going to be my top one, so she's like, well, I can't say that because I know Laura's going to say that. Uh, well, um, it was like a toss-up between those two, and I was like, yes. she'll probably say this one, so I'll say this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. If you read it, it, and you have a, you know, posture of a willingness to learn and grow, you will learn and grow. Yeah. It's, for sure. It's just, it's just a great book. And if you do, um, read it and, and have any insights or thoughts for us, we would still love to. Yeah. That would make my week yeah. to hear that somebody had read this book. Um, even just read it. Yeah. Even, just even if you read it. Yeah. Um, because I and just what know you what thought it's... Of it and... I know how much it's helped me. Yeah. So. Yep. 
um we'd love to hear your thoughts yeah <laughs> yeah you can shoot us an email yep um, for discussion podcast yep at gmail.com mm-hmm and we would love to hear from you guys. So thanks for hanging in there with us yeah. through this discussion. It's been a little bit different. But um, next time you hear from us, we are going to be back on to another book. So that announcement will be coming a little bit later. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, be looking for that. But thank you so much for joining us for the Summer of Celebration of Discipline. Yes. <laughs> And uh, we have really enjoyed being able to go through this book with you all. So thank you for joining us. And as always, uh, we love um, being able to, you know, be with you and talk with you. So thanks for joining us on Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend. Hey there, Grounds for Discussion podcast listeners. We wanted to let you know about our next upcoming book, which we will review on July 20th. The book is Salt to the Sea by Rudisa Pettis. It's a multi-narrator saga set in Germany during the last days of the Third Reich. Join us then.